driving to work in the mornings, I listen to the radio, and mostly it's Sports Radio 910, The Fan, where you can get the latest on all the local sports highlights and the scores, especially on Monday when all the NFL games uh, have been played and so forth. There are a lot of Washington Commander fans that call in. They also give highlights to the Washington games. And as you know, if you're a, a Washington fan, this season started off pretty rough. Now, they've, they've gotten back to, four to 500, but they were having a rough season at the beginning. Monday morning commentators and quarterbacks fill the air in the Monday morning radios as I listen. Often nothing is going right. People say, oh, it's just another season of the same old, same old. People feel defeated. I wonder if you've ever felt defeated. And maybe it's not just Monday morning, but maybe it's other mornings or other days that things just haven't gone your way. And life is like a country music song where everything is broke. Nothing seems to go right. You take one step forward and two steps back. They say at pastor's conferences, I've heard it a number of times, some of y'all pastors in here have heard it, don't ever quit on Monday. Often Sunday, the something won't go right, and then you, you look back and on Monday, not feeling too good about things. And they always say, never quit on Monday, meaning don't give up, persevere, have faith, push forward. Well, these feelings are real for all of us. And they are real for every, for every generation, young and old. I would submit, based on some reading that I've done and some listening of podcasts over the, the last months, that these feelings of defeat or despair are hitting the younger generation at record highs. The COVID pandemic only made it worse, but we're already, we were already seeing some of these trends in our young people. According to a spring 2021 Harvard Youth poll of over 2,500 Americans aged 18 to 29, young Americans said that at least several days in the previous two weeks that they had felt down, depressed, or hopeless. Young people reported a, a, a range of serious mental health symptoms in the survey. Two-thirds say they have little energy. Almost 60% say they have trouble with sleep. Over 50% find little pleasure in doing anything. 49% have a poor appetite or are overeating. Others have trouble concentrating. About a third are moving slowly or are so fidgety to a point that others notice. And some have had thoughts of self-harm, almost 30%. And it's also reported that these feelings have disproportionately affected black and Hispanic students. And that COVID only made worse. When we are feeling stuck and when things are broke, we need a breakthrough. When we are feeling defeated, we need breakthrough faith. And that's what I'm talking about today as I draw on insights and wisdom from Paul's prayer in chapter 1 to the Ephesians. I wish I could tell you, I wish I could stand here and, and say that it would all be better tomorrow. 
But that's, well, that's not being true because we know that there's no quick fix. But what I can say with certainty is this. If we don't do anything, there will be more of the same. I hope that today's message will encourage us, especially if you're struggling with feeling defeated, to take a step of faith to get help. Maybe it's to talk to one of our staff. Maybe it's to talk to a trusted Sunday school teacher or a counselor at school or to your parents or grandparents. Somebody you trust and know will listen to you to take a step of faith today that may change the trajectory of your tomorrow. A step to say, I don't know all of the things that I need to do, but I'm going to take one step to help. Like many of his letters, the Apostle Paul's letter to the Ephesians begins with a prayer. And today I believe that, and Scripture tells us, that we are the recipients of these prayers. God's Word is as fresh as today as it was to the Ephesians when they received this circular letter that was delivered to them to the churches in that area. The same power Paul prayed that they would receive is available to you and me today. The power that helps us to take steps of faith. Paul knew the power and the blessing of prayer. The prayers of the churches that sustained him while he was in prison. In fact, he was shackled to a Roman guard while he wrote to the Ephesians, which is one of his prison letters. The others, Philippians, Colossians, and Philemon. Biblical scholar N.T. Wright comments on the power of God that Paul claims in his prayer and says, too many Christians are quite unaware of this power and its availability. When we feel powerless, we only need to look at this prayer of Paul. In verse 15, Paul writes and says that he had received word of their faith and of their love. For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all God's people, so either by messenger or by letter, or perhaps both, Paul has received word that they're doing good things, that they have a strong faith in God, and they have love for God and for one another, carrying out the greatest command in the second that Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. He, he receives news of this faith in God and this love that they were portraying. The word translated faith is in the Greek pistis. It's a belief that God exists, that God is the creator and ruler of all things. God is the provider and the giver of eternal salvation through Christ. The belief and the conviction that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, through whom we receive forgiveness and eternal salvation as a gift from God. And then love is the word agape, their deep, unconditional love for the saints, fellow sisters and brothers in Jesus Christ. Paul is saying, thank you for your faith and thank you for your love. And in verse 16, he says, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, 
remembering you in my prayers. This is an ongoing thanksgiving and an ongoing remembering. In fact, the word translated giving thanks is the same word that describes the Eucharist or the Lord's Supper that we will partake of a little bit late in the ser- later in the service. The Ephesians have done some wonderful things and Paul is deeply grateful. In verse 17, Paul continues to ask and he says, I keep asking, I continue to ask that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation that you would know him better. So Paul continually gives God thanks and then continually prays for them. And I believe this prayer is for us, that we would have wisdom and revelation, wisdom through prayer, wisdom through God's word, wisdom through worshiping together that which you have heard said, sung, prayed, or said, or spoken, that you would, we would receive wisdom and illumination through God's revelation that we would know him better. Verse 17, to know him better. I deeply desire to know God better. Every day I desire to draw closer in my walk with the Lord. I, I believe to know God better is to have a deeper faith. I want to grow daily in my faith in God, to grow deeper in my faith. This part of the prayer is particularly important for us, praying that we would know God better as a church and as individuals, that our faith would increase, especially as we seek to live into the vision that God is calling us to as we face the future that we will be confident even that we have little faith, that it would move the mountains of defeat and help us to walk, run, and soar to new heights. To increase our faith. As Jesus said, ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door shall be opened to you. Those verbs are continual. Continue to to ask. Continue to, to seek. Continue to knock. Jesus said later in Matthew 17, because you have so little faith, truly I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will be moved. Nothing shall be impossible for you. Lord, increase our faith. Give us this belief that if we have faith as little, as small as a mustard seed, that the mountain of defeatism could be moved in our lives like the woman who had been hemorrhaging for 12 years. She came up behind Jesus as he was on his way to heal the daughter of a synagogue ruler. His daughter was near death. And as he is journeying, the crowd is really uh, tight. And the scripture says that Jesus felt power go out of him. A woman who had been suffering from a hemorrhage for 12 years felt if I just had the faith to touch the garment of his robe, then I would be made well. And he felt the power leave him, and he stopped and turned around and acknowledged her. She was so humble. And he said, daughter, your faith 
has made you well. Go in peace. I desire to have that kind of faith that even to touch the garment of the robe of Jesus and I would experience a breakthrough in my life. Or like the friends who had a a dear friend who was paralyzed and they heard Jesus was going to be in town so they took their friend, they picked him up and carried him on his mat to the house where Jesus was teaching and the crowd was so thick they could not get in the door so they decided we're not going to let that stop us and they climbed up onto the rooftop and they broke through the tiles and you can imagine the the tiles and the mud falling down from the the ceiling if you were standing in there where Jesus was and then they after they broke through they lowered Jesus they lowered their friend down to Jesus on in front of him and the man was healed and testified about what he had experienced I want to have the faith of those four friends who believed so much in Jesus that they took their friend to be in his presence. Lord, increase my faith. Lord, increase our faith. Help us to know you better. Part of the way this happens is in verse 18 where Paul prays that the eyes of our heart would be opened or enlightened. I remember that Philip, you probably do too, that old praise song. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. Lord, open the eyes of our hearts that we would come to know the hope that to which we are called the inheritance of the saints, that we would have the confidence to know that when our life race is finished here on earth, that we will join the saints who are in eternity, in glory with God. That we would have that kind of faith, confidence to the hope to which we are called. And then in verse 19, Paul prays that we would have a power, a power that is great power. Listen to what he says. I pray that you would, and then verse 19, in that context, Know his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength, going into verse 20, he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms. The power Paul is writing about here is resurrection power. The same power that God used to raise Jesus from the grave. Verse 19a is the first word uh, power, incomparably great power, is the Greek word dunamis. It is a superhuman power. To describe the overarching, all-encompassing power that God used to raise Jesus from the dead. It's where we get the word dynamite, dynamic, dynamo. It's dunamis, this overarching, superhuman power of God exhibited in the resurrection. But he doesn't stop there, Paul, in verse 19b. He says this dunamis, this power, is the same as the mighty strength that he used to raise Jesus from the dead. Mighty strength, it's important to unpack these two words as we claim this power to overcome the things that are keeping us from the destiny that God has for us. 
the defeat, the, the defeatism and the boundaries and the obstacles, the mountains that need to be moved. The word strength is from the Greek kratos. It's an outward demonstrated strength. It's the strength of God that caused the earth to quake, the stone to roll away, and a dead man to rise. Kratos' power was so overwhelming that the Roman soldiers at the tomb who guarded Jesus on that resurrection morning fainted and crumbled to the ground beneath the full load of God's divine grace, his divine force. These soldiers uh, remained motionless on the ground until the resurrection was complete. Kratos was so powerful that had we been there at the resurrection, we would have felt the ground trembling as the power permeated every dead cell of Jesus. The Kratos power, as the commentators say, was an eruptive power, a demonstrated power, an outwardly visible power. And the word mighty is ischuos. This refers to the inward force behind the kratos power. Ischuos conveys a very strong man back in Paul's day. In Greek classical studies, this would be like Hercules. Today we would say it would be somebody like Dwayne Johnson, The Rock. This is the inner strength that enables a weightlifter or a bodybuilder to do what they do. Recently, I saw a video of Jalen Hurts. He's quarterback of the Philadelphia Eagles, and he is one strong quarterback. In the video, he was powerlifting back as a senior at Oklahoma. He bench-pressed 225 and squatted 600 pounds. Last year with the Eagles, I, I saw a video of him deadlifting 620 pounds. He has amazing ischuos strength. That's inner strength from continued practice and work over the years that enables him to have the outward kratos strength. For us Christians, it's like this. Dunamis is the overall strength that includes the inner unseen ischkos and the outward kratos. As we live our lives as people of faith in Jesus Christ, it is this strength, this resurrection power that enables us to experience breakthroughs through our faith in God. When we believe that the resurrection power is available to us, and it is, we can do amazing things. It might be just to take that very first step to say, I need help. My marriage is struggling, and we need to go to a counselor. I'm tired of falling off the wagon. I need help. I'm depressed. I am feeling anxious. I can't focus. I need help. That faith can help us take one step toward a breakthrough. Breakthroughs are possible for every one of us. It is because of the resurrection power that is shared with us in Scripture that I believe these, Paul, these prayers of Paul did not stop with the Ephesians. 
but they are part of the living, active word of God for us today. Breakthroughs are possible because of this power that is beyond us, resurrection power, a faith in the God who parts waters, who rains down bread from heaven, who walks on water, who makes storms cease and raises the dead from the grave. It is this power that we have available to us as a resurrection people. It is this breakthrough faith that enables us to face whatever tomorrow brings. I pray that we would exercise this power that is within us. As Mark Batterson, pastor and writer of the Circle Maker, says, don't let the size of your problem define the size of your God. That we are prayed directly at our problems with power and authority and whatever it is to tell it to leave and move. And we remember what God has done before because God is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow, and what God has done before, God will do again. And that we are to pray daily to receive God's power in our lives. And remember, sisters and brothers, never, ever give up. Never, ever give in. A breakthrough might just be one prayer away. this opportunity this morning to receive the elements of bread and cup, which Jesus shared with his disciples in that last Passover meal that he had with them. The next day he was to die on the cross. So I invite you to uh, take a few moments and reflect on your spiritual journey. Reflect on these elements. Reflect on the grace and the goodness of God through Jesus Christ and the resurrection power available to us. And after a few moments, Sue Alderman will lead our communion prayer and I'll offer uh, the elements as we partake.